Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Julian Story Aviation Podcast. So here it is, episode three of the Julian Story Aviation Podcast. In this edition, we'll be discussing how the future of aviation might look once the coronavirus pandemic has passed, and then we'll be looking into the world of farm strip flying. The world remains gripped by the COVID-19 pandemic and there still doesn't seem to be much of a light at the end of the tunnel. But eventually things have to return to normal. Joining us now to discuss how he sees business aviation once this is all over is pilot, aviation consultant and founder of the BizJet TV YouTube channel, Fabrizio Polly. Fab, hi. Hi, Julian. Thanks for having me on your show. Pleasure to have you. Thank you very much. So um, the world's gone mad. All, all all of the aircraft that we look after are grounded. I've got one stuck in South Africa. Uh, it's almost impossible to fly now unless it's an essential fly, which none of mine really are. So when this is all over, how do you see things going? Is, is there a light end of the tunnel? Uh, I think there is. I mean, unfortunately, the airline industry is going to take a long time to recover. I don't see, you know, travel bans and that have been lifted. I don't see a lot of people jumping on airplanes, going on holiday or, or stuff like that. A, because they won't have the money, or, or B, because they're afraid of catching a virus. Absolutely. Um, so the airline industry is, is going to take a long time to recover. What about private aviation? Well, we know that you know half of the billionaires in the world do not own an airplane. Um, a lot of these charter, but a lot, most of them actually travel with the airlines, or have been traveling with the airlines. Yep. I've been getting phone calls from a number of these people over the last few weeks who um, are now looking into buying an aircraft. On the other side, there are people that own their private jets whose businesses have collapsed during this pandemic situation and lockdown and whatnot. And so their airplanes have come on the market and they're for sale. There's been a lot more stuff come on the market over the last few weeks. Uh, prices have come down, I would yeah. say, probably by 5 to 10%. There are some um, real Sometimes bargains. even more, yeah. depending on... Yeah. yeah, yeah, depending on how urgent it is to sell their airplane. But on the other end, I think overall, where they were saying before this pandemic hit, that the market was going to grow by 3.6% over the next 10 years, the various world reports and whatnot talking about private aviation, that number is going to go up to 6% a year. Because I think overall, and this is not just, you know, let's just look at history. If we go back uh, 9-11, when 9-11 happened, yep. after 9-11 in 2002, what was called executive jet management then became net jets. Warren Buffett plugged a load of money into it, and they went out and ordered 400 airplanes. Yep. Um, and we saw, you know, NetJets, traction ownership, you know, it, it started to become, I'm not saying mainstream, but, you know, people started to talk about it. 
and more corporations and, and, and wealthy individuals started to, to fly private. Well, I think we're going to see the same thing here. I mean, of course, with, the, with, with your own private jet, you control the airplane, you control the crew, you can have your airplane disinfected, you can have your crew tested. So, you know, the viruses you choose who's flying on the airplane, yep. you know, as well as, you know, the security aspect of it and the flexibility of having a private jet and leaving when you want landing at secondary airports and all that stuff. Now, throw into the mix the fact that it's healthier to fly by private jet. You know, they, they are going to be buying private jet because they don't want to risk catching a virus. Yeah, I, think, so I think, think it's going to be positive for private owners. I don't know about the charter market. That's, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. When people approach me and uh, tell me they're considering buying a private jet, I always say to them, there's only one good reason not to buy one. And that's that you can't afford it. So yeah. I think with, with the pandemic and the risk of traveling in close proximity to other people, I think it's even it's, it's probably even more likely that people are going to try and afford it. Because if you can, why wouldn't you? Well, there's a lot of people out there that can afford it, yeah. uh, but they haven't bought one yet. And they have their reasons. I think, you know, we now have another reason why. I mean, think of people that have to travel for business and have to get somewhere now yep. for a meeting that they can actually have, yep. but they can't travel because the airlines aren't going there right now. Yeah, and, and, that's, um, the, and that's the other thing. So, yeah. yeah. I think the airlines are going to take such a hit. I think the the sort of the network, the amount of the frequency of flights, the places you can fly to. I think certainly in the in the short to medium term, that's going to be massively diminished. So I think in terms of being able to get to where you want when you want to get there, I think I think a private jet is the obvious option if if you've got the money to be able to afford it. Yeah, I mean the thing is, I mean think of British Airways. I mean they've got ninety percent of their fleet grounded at the moment. Yep. Once they resume flights, they're not going to put all the airplanes up in the air in one go. They're going to look at a number of routes and they're going to say, okay, well, instead of flying to New York 10 times a day, we're going to fly five times and see what the load factor is like. Because yeah. they know people aren't just going to jump in the air right away. Yeah. So, you know, it costs money to operate airplanes, as you know. So you're right. I mean, then how do you get to New York at a certain time on, on, on a Wednesday morning? Uh, well, right. you fly private. Yeah, you choose what time right. what time you want to leave, and you can leave you can leave from Oxford Airport, and you don't have to travel all the way to Heathrow. And the other thing, which a lot of people haven't thought about, and I did do a video on this on Boosted TV, is the fact that if you think that getting to the airport three hours before your flight because of security checks, which is what happened after nine eleven, we saw a lot of changes in airports. We're going to see changes once again, and this time they're going to be introducing the virus checks. Now, this is not an opinion of mine. This the, the, the news is already out there. That's what they want to do. Certain airlines were only going to allow you to travel if you've got a certificate or, or they're just going to say, you know what, we'll just introduce the machines at the airport. And obviously someone's going to make some money on that. Yeah. And, you, and you'll spit in a tube and they'll test you. And then what's going to happen is some people are going to be turned down for the yeah. flights. So you turn up, you've got a slight cold, but you're OK to travel. And you say, excuse me, sir. No, you can't travel. Yeah. And now you've got your business trip organized and the airline's telling you you're not allowed to get on, on the airplane. So that's going to create a lot of disruption. And I can see that coming. I think you're so right. another reason why to fly private and have your own private jet, because you don't get any of that hassle. You can some places you can drive up to the airplane and get on the plane and off you go. Absolutely. Other places you just go through the FBA, which is a quick 10 minute thing and you're on the airplane. So, you know, that's what's going to be happening. So I think it, there's a there's a bright future ahead for private aviation. I'm not sure on the charter side, because a lot of charter companies have been hit right now, but certainly on private ownership side. I think a lot of corporations and private and wealthy families are now looking at buying their own airplane. I mean, I've been getting more calls than usual. People have been putting money down and that things are moving. And right now is also a good time because there are a number of 
unfortunately, wealthy people that are no longer wealthy or about to no longer be wealthy because their businesses have been affected by this whole lockdown situation. Yeah, and I'm... so you can pick up the airplane that was just going for $25 million in January. Today you can pick it up for twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, or even less. I mean, there are some tremendous bargains out there. I mean, I get the emails through each day, you know, some of the things that are for sale. And, you know, I can't believe the deals that are out there. If you've still got money, now is the time to be buying. Oh, definitely. I mean, I mean you, can, you can bargain. You know, you can say, look, here's the money. All in escrow in one go. You show the person on the other end that you're serious. There's 20 million. You can have it as long as the pre-buy inspection goes well. The deal's done. And people are going to say, well, it's best to take 20 million today than try and, you know, fight my way through to 20 to 23 million. And then the guy walk away Uh, because people know that other people are going through a difficult time. And so uh, consequently, you know, there could be another airplane pop on the market tomorrow morning. That's the same type as yours is. So you might as well take the 20 million today before something else pops on the market and, and, and the potential buyer goes off and buys someone else's airplane instead of yours. Absolutely right. So certainly a good, certainly, certainly a good time to buy. Also, it's, it's a good time to buy as well because fuel's really cheap. Yes, it is. Um, and I don't see the, fuel, the price of fuel going up back to $50, $60 a barrel, which it was a few months ago. I mean, it's sitting between 10 to 15 at the moment and probably go up to 25, 30 and settle there. So, you know, it's going to be cheaper to fly a private jet because the fuel is going to be cheaper. Absolutely right. So that's, there's, there's a lot. So throw that other reason in there. But I mean, I think safety and, and, and health are right up there. And I always talk about the health benefits of flying private. And I talked about that in, in my book, Health for Flies, that my wife and I wrote together. My wife's a herbalist. I'm the pilot. And we, we teamed up and we wrote this book just based off of experience. But, you know, the, the air in the cabin is, uh, is an important factor. Uh, which plays into you know the health of individuals and the pressurization as well. I mean, I'm probably one of the very few people when I'm talking to somebody about buying an airplane, I talk to them about the pressurization and say, you need to look for an airplane that where the cabin pressure is, is lower because if it's lower, there's more oxygen. And when you get off the 10 hour flight, you're more rested than if you're flying at 8,000 feet in the cabin instead of four and a half thousand feet. Absolutely right. And, and, that, and that, makes, that makes a big difference. But a lot of people don't realize that, that the environment in the cabin is key. And the last thing you want to be doing is is spending $35,000 to fly in the fancy cabin with Emirates to Dubai from London. And some guy in row 220 sneezes and has got some sort of virus and you catch it. Absolutely. If you're on your own private jet, you can have everyone tested that's coming on the jet with you that yes, works you with you. Or, yes, you and, and, and off you go. So you're in a safe environment. And so a lot of people are looking at that right now. Half of those billionaires that don't own a jet. I'm not going to all of them are going to buy a jet. But I can certainly see 20, 25 percent of them jumping in and buying a jet. Absolutely right, and 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 like you said, it's just like nine eleven back then. You were concerned about, you know, is the guy on is the guy on the plane is he a terrorist? Now it's is the guy on the plane yeah. does he have coronavirus? Exactly. So so same situation. I mean, we don't. I mean, we can learn a lot from history, and, and that allows us to sort of predict what's going to happen next. I mean, I think one one of the factors also that to be looking at is technology, and technology is going to is going to evolve. I mean, the jet engine that we have today is not very different from the jet engine that was invented in the nineteen forties. Um, and one needs to question how come aeroplanes are still flying at the same speed they were flying back in the 1960s. Um, so I think we're going to see that change. So technology and that. So that's going to be interesting. So I think, you know, when the airline market does get back on track, I think we're going to see people fly in, in a different manner. I think we're going to see a lot of technological advancements in the next five to 10 years. And I think the fact that oil is so low right now, where a lot of these inventions that are already out there that haven't been put brought into the mainstream because the economy is based off of oil Um, now that dependency upon oil is not so much there now because of the price gone down the industry has gone out the window and so maybe now is the time to unravel 
these new technologies that have been suppressed over the years and come up with something new. I mean, already Elon Musk is talking about flying people in rockets from anywhere to anywhere in less than an hour. Now, that's going to be interesting. And the guy's got the money and the guts to do it. The only hurdle I think he's got in front of him will be certification to fly yeah, paid be, passengers. There'll be, regulatory, uh, be regulatory hurdles with that for sure. Yeah, of course. Cause, and of course, not everybody can fly on a rocket because they may have heart problems. So uh, that's not going to be for everybody. But, you know, I can certainly see next 10 years uh, that could be something that will be developed. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of changes are going to happen. And we see also all the electric vertical takeoff and landing projects that are out there. There's about 50 of them right now. The urban uh, air mobility projects, there's 70, 60, 70 cities that are signed up to that. So that's being developed. And, you know, so people now have got time to sit and think um, instead of being rushing around like we all do usually. And as people have been sick, sitting and thinking, I think that's going to cause a lot more changes with technology. So if we thought technology was advancing quickly now, uh, wait next three or four years as a result of this moment of reflection that we've been having over the last month or two because of the lockdown. I think uh, there's people tampering in their garages and, and, and sitting around and thinking, and, and we're going to see some, some, some more changes. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the supersonic bizjet is going to be the next big thing. I mean, you've got companies like Boom. There's a few companies uh, working on a, a Gulfstream, I believe. If you're in the Abramovich League, that's going to be the thing to have, isn't it? It, it, won't, be the, it won't be the G650 anymore. It's going to be something that's faster than the speed of sound. Yeah, well, I, I've always said, I mean, when, when Airbus decided to do the A380, I was dead against it from day one. I, I said, you know, we need to have 200-seater supersonic aircraft. That's the future. It's speed. Why? Because everything else is speeding up. Look yep. at computers, look at cell phones, you know, look at TVs. I mean, now you used to have to go out. You wanted to watch a movie in the evening. You had to go out to Blockbuster, rent a video, come home, watch it, take it back the next day. Yeah. Hey, you just switch the telly, Netflix, press a button, done. Yeah. And if you want it in a different language, press another button and it comes out in a different language. Yeah. So, you know. All this has changed and we're going to see the supersonic air travel come back again and maybe even faster. So certainly, you know, people like, you know, companies like Aerion, like Boom Aerospace and a few others that are out there, they're the ones to look at. And, it, you know, and even, you know, the Boeing and Airbus, who knows, maybe Boeing and Airbus won't be dominating the airline industry. Maybe Goldstream and, and Bombardier won't be the dominators in the private jet industry in the next five to 10 years. A bit like the cell, with cell phones. I mean, 15 years ago, everybody's buying Nokia and Motorola's. Yeah. And now everyone's buying Samsung and Apple. Absolutely so right. So we could see that happen in aviation too. Yeah. I think the supersonic thing is going to happen much earlier in the in the bizjet world. I still have some reluctance to think that it's going to happen quickly in the airline world. Uh, I mean, they all thought that Concorde was going to be the next big thing, but it turned out to be the Boeing 747. People wanted cheap rather than speed, I think, in terms of the mass market. But certainly in the bizjet world, it's not about money. It's about it's about speed. It's about efficiency. The whole point of a private jet is it buys you time. The more money you've got, the more time you can buy for yourself. So I can see, I can see the supersonic thing happening in the bizjet world probably a lot quicker, a lot sooner than it will maybe in the airline world. What do you think? Uh, yeah, and I think with the with the airlines, what we've got to look at, and again, we just mentioned it, the, the regulatory situation with flying people on rockets instead of planes. But, you know, I can certainly, I mean, someone like Elon Musk can pull it off, and even Jeff Bezos. If you look at their rockets, why is it they've been insisting on taking off and landing vertically? I mean, yes, they want to go to Mars and the moon and whatnot, but, you know, think if we were to launch out in a rocket, you could get to the other side of the world in 40 minutes. And the problem with rockets is the cost is because they only use a rocket once every every year. Yep. But if you're using the rocket three or four times a day, now that the, the operating cost, cost comes down because you're using it again and again and again. Now, of course, it's not going to happen in every city in the world, but at least 20 to 25 cities 
we'll have a platform which will launch this. And so maybe the future of airline travel and cargo is going to be the rockets. Probably cargo will come first because it's, they're not live people on board, yeah. and that's going to take longer to certify. But certainly, imagine moving cargo from China to, to London on a rocket. It takes 35 minutes, 40 minutes. Obviously, there's going to be testing. There's only certain you know, and environmentalists are going to be on it. So there's going to. I think the biggest hurdle is not the technology, but the regulators. Yeah. I think that's where that's where the, the biggest hurdle is going to be, which is always the case. I mean, uh, you know, some of these governments and politicians are just absolute nuisance. I mean, if you look now with with Arion, I mean, Arion have moved their factory from Nevada to Florida, and I know they were looking at California, and they were also looking at the Seattle, Washington area because they needed an area over the ocean to test the supersonic uh, business jet. Why did they go to Florida? Because the governor of Florida and the taxation laws in Florida are a lot better than Washington, I mean, Washington State and California or Oregon. And and that's why they they, they took the project over to to Florida, because it's more of a business-friendly environment. And and you're going to see more and more of that. And that's why, you know, the people flying on the private jets, that's what they do. They fly around. People are more connected than ever. We've got another factor that people don't realize. We've got another two billion people coming on the Internet in the next few years. And these people, when they come on the Internet for the first time, they come on the Internet with a, with a cell phone, with 4G or 5G, whatever it may be. And now they're suddenly instantly connected to everybody around the world. And so as it's easier to connect with people on the other side of the world, you get to a point where you need to travel to meet and, and see what they do and whatnot. And this is where the private jet comes into it, because what a lot of people don't realize is 90 percent of aircraft accidents happen in third world countries. Is that a, I so if you're going to, I wasn't aware of that statistic. Yeah, okay. You don't want to be putting your people in jeopardy. So another reason to go by private jet in, in these emerging markets is because the airline safety record out there is not very good at all. And so you want to be safe. So you go in and out with a private jet and also frequency of flights in places like that. You know, they're not as frequent as maybe a London to New York, which happens like eight, nine, ten times a day. You've got lots of options. Uh, But if you're flying into certain parts in Africa or you're going from one African country to another, you may have to wait three days before you can catch the next flight. Well, if you've got a private jet, no problem. Yeah, and I mean, and there are. I mean, it's, it's an undeniable truth that standards in some parts of the world are not the same as they are in Europe or in North America. I can certainly testify the fact that you know the standards are very different, and you know certain parts of the world training is done differently, and you you can tell. So you are doing business in third world countries. You want to be going in and out in a private jet. You don't want to be flying on some outback airline because there could be a surprise. Well, that's been brilliant. Thank you much. So um, you've got a load of videos on your YouTube channel, BizJet TV. How would people find that? Uh, Well, if you just go into YouTube and type in Biz, as in B-I-Z, Jet TV, you'll find it. Or just type in BizJetTV.com and it'll take you straight to the YouTube channel. There's over 250 videos on there with the purpose of educating people on the private jets to make people realize it's not a luxury item. It can be, but the private jet is a business tool if used in a certain way. So on the channel, there's lots of you know news updates and my commentary on different things, interviews I've done on television about aviation and also interviews I've done with private jet owners and how they use the jet to build their business. So there's lots and lots of content out there and we're producing lots more content as we, as we go along. And the purpose is to educate the market that private jet travel it's, it's great. It's a business tool. It can help you multiply your business big time, but it needs to be used in a certain way as to be approached with a certain type of mindset. It's fantastic. Fab, thank you so much indeed for your time. Thank you. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thanks a lot. Fabrizio Polly there, founder of the BizJet TV YouTube channel. If you have a bit of spare time, check out his channel. Uh, there's a lot of videos on there, and uh, I think you'll find some that are very interesting. If you need an aircraft delivered, Julian Story Aviation is your number one choice. Specializing in King Airs, CJs, Citations, and the Learjet 40 and 45, we can help you with everything from factory acceptance or arranging a pre-buy inspection through to guidance on importation, tax implications, and ownership structures, as well as fairing your new aircraft. We have delivered dozens of aircraft worldwide, safely, on time, and on budget, and we would love to help you with yours. If you're buying or selling an aircraft email fairing at julianstory.co.uk or call us on plus four four one six two four eight two nine four three six most of my flying takes me in and out of larger airports with long hard runways it's probably been at least 10 years since i last landed on grass for many recreational pilots though this kind of fun flying is what they do all the time if you look closely at your quarter milk chart you'll see quite a few farm strips dotted all around the country and i'm ashamed to say that i've been to almost none of them Farm strip flying sounds like great fun though, so joining me now to tell me more about it is Andrew Austin, who owns Oaksy Park Airfield. Andrew, hi. Hi, Julian. So first of all, whereabouts is Oaksy Park Airfield? So we're located in Wiltshire, we're just we're right in the heart of the Cotswolds and it's an absolutely fantastic place to be. Yeah, that's a beautiful area. What can you tell me about the airfield? So Oaksy's a quite sort of traditional type airfield, it's family owned got near it's probably not that far off 50 aircraft based here have you really um, it was, yeah yeah but it, it's 
as farm strips go, it's quite a, a big farm. It is. So we yeah. try and make it as professional as possible. Yeah. But whilst we're trying to maintain that feeling of what farm strip flying is about, yeah. And giving people that sort of abundance of freedom to actually enjoy it. The the fixed wing, which go from anything from a one seater to to four seater generally, uh, which are either privately owned or in group ownership. There's also uh, helicopter maintenance on site, so we do quite a lot of helicopter fixing maintenance. So it's, it's quite a buzzy place. So there's a clubhouse uh, at the moment. It's all fairly newly renovated, and we try and keep it as um, spick and span as possibly can. There's no restaurant as such at the moment. We uh, buy and um, make up for that as we do a private car service, which will take you to any of the. Sounds like a brilliant deal. I think it's quite a nice way of doing it. Yeah, it, Someone who flies, I know that if you go somewhere, you expect to have at least, you know, to be able to get things to eat and sit down. Having So our closest town is probably Cyrester. Which um, is beautiful. Which, yeah. again, is a really impressive place. It's, um, but that's sort of what's so unique about this area is you can land and you're not actually far from anything, really. It's a really good set. We're not far from Chippenham. We're not too far from Bath. We're not too far from Swindon. If, you know, So we're, we're so located that you can get to most places you want quite quickly absolutely wow okay uh i mean i've been flying for 23 years i've never even heard of oaksy park is that, that's, it's a shocking thing to admit isn't it i, I certainly think so <laughs> um, but uh, but but you know that's what sort of almost makes farm strip flying so good is that there's all those places out there that you know nothing about that you can um, explore you know and, until you actually go to them and and you realize more than sort of anywhere you go commercially that you land this place that you know nothing about and there's all these sort of little parts of it that are so surprising whether it be the aircraft that are there or that they might be some interesting collection of something else there or b2c absolutely so for a visiting pilot what do they need to know is there any controlled airspace nearby what are the landing fees what is it is there anything difficult about getting into oxy park or is it very straightforward I think if you're used to farm strip flying or, or in fairly straightforward, we're not in control of airspace. Um, we've also got Bryce that cover us. Yeah. But Bryce Norton don't really have anything to do with us. They're, they're further, far enough away from us to not have to worry. Yeah. So, so in that sense, it's actually quite a good area. You don't have to worry particularly about controlled airspace. The only thing occasionally we have is, um, is Kemble get royal flights. Yeah. Um, and then you get a sort of temporary airspace that goes over us, which is usually controlled by Bryce Norton. Okay. Uh, is there anything anything else to consider if you're coming in? And, and what's the landing fee? That's that's a big question for a lot of private pilots. Yes. I think most people who fly on farmships will be really familiar with um, like noise restriction and, and noise abatement. Okay. Um, most farm strips are close to either built-up areas or even small villages, farms or equestrian units. Yep. And um, I think most responsible airfields will do their best to try and mitigate aircraft flying over them, whether it's just to keep the neighbours happy or um, you know anything else that might go into that. Okay. Um, for, for ourselves, we have a few noise um, restricted areas. And for that reason, uh, we've sort of worked our circuit pattern to deal with that. And what, we've, what we do is we don't have to do overhead joins. We tend to just join downwind yep. or on a base leg or final. We can work it in. Okay. Um, and, and actually, I think it tends to make it quite easy. You know, just to arrive somewhere, you join downwind. It's, it's easy to sort of work things out. And and, and then you, once you're down, we uh, we charge ten pound for a landing. Um, regardless no. of, yeah, exactly. Whether it's a PC12, which we uh, get in quite regularly, or yep. a PA28. Wow, bargain. 
You don't, you don't, you don't get a deal like that in many airfields in uh, 2020, do you? No, you don't. It's definitely something we've seen a lot is um, fees going up generally across the board, yeah. um, whether it be a, a, a small farm strip or, you know, the top end commercial places. So, but, but, but you know, we're a family owned business and we, we like to try and offer value, whether it be for our fuel or our landing fees. And, um, and we also work into that. If you arrive and have 50 litres or more fuel, we don't charge you a landing fee either. Even better. What, 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 what price at the moment? At the moment, it's £1.76 a litre, which okay. is reasonably expensive. Yeah. Um, but of course, because of all this coronavirus, we're still on our old stock of fuel. Ah, uh, okay. That, yeah. you know, it was a good price before coronavirus, but now, obviously, uh, with the fuel prices dropping so much, isn't so good. But I, I, I suppose most places are in the same boat. And as soon Absolutely. as this stock's gone, which it will be very shortly, and we will get a new stock in and, and it will drop fairly dramatically, I'd think. Okay. So going back to the um, noise abatement procedures that we were talking about, if somebody wanted to fly into you, where would they find out information about the noise abatement procedure? So there's lots of different places and, and uh, some of them are made easier by the end of a, a, a pretty good website where you can find all of that. You can also get hold of a Pooley's guide, which will have all of the charts in it. Okay. Um, there are other different guides that you can use as well in paper form. There's also Sky Demon you can use, which is an app, okay. um, which works really, really well for that kind of flying where you can get access to all the information you could possibly need. Okay. Um, but, I mean, it, I can't sort of stress enough. For, for all airfields, really, you, you need to know these things before you come into an airfield. If there's, there's one thing you hear a lot on the radio of, uh, of people getting upset, it's when an aircraft arrives yep. that sort of clearly has done the right prep. Yeah, and uh, ends up flying over the neighbours. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what is the uh, what's the uh, what's the website address? Oh, it's www.oaksyparkairfield.co.uk. Very simple. Brilliant. We're actually working on opening a museum soon. The museum idea sort of came to us probably in the last year. Okay. Um, we've actually got a large collection of um, of vintage scout lorries and um, vintage cars and motorbikes and also fairground and circus okay. wagons, which is sort of attached to um, our previous sort of life of um, being a circus family. Okay. And, uh, so, we, so we have this sort of massive collection of, of vehicles, and we have to store them somewhere. So we thought, well, if we're going to store them, we may as well open it up to pilots to come and have a look around that. Sounds fantastic. Um, and I think also it, it gives people a reason to come to you as well. And, Absolutely. And that, really is the biggest part of running an airfield business is you have to you have to give someone a reason to visit you and, and also to come back absolutely luckily we actually have a big enough collection to also be able to rotate what we have in the museum so this is going to be a purpose-built building that's going to be brand new just made for the housing of all of these interesting vehicles Brilliant. When, when do you expect that to open so the building that's going up is going to be replacing Another one that was that was built during the forties, okay, um, for for farming purposes. So that building has now been torn down, and uh, we, we so we've got the building that's going to replace it. So now it's just a matter of doing the sort of final structural works on the ground, and then we can begin getting it together. But who knows? Uh, it will certainly open at some time this year. We hope. Brilliant. So uh, we're recording this on the 15th of May and today the CAA has just revised its guidance on recreational flying. It looks like that's about to start again. So when are you planning on reopening? When, when's the earliest that uh, that people could come and fly in to see you? 
Yes, yeah, so it, it's an interesting question because um, I think a lot of us knew that there would be some sort of change coming. But of course, we don't know exactly what it is that was going to happen. Now that it seems we can go back to flying pretty much as we knew it, but obviously with the social distancing rules yeah. and things. So our, our plan is to open to our home-based pilots from tomorrow and try and get back to some sort of normality. Okay. Um, and then we're going to see how our measures work. And then I think we can look at revising things once we actually know we can handle uh, taking the, the visitors as well. Fantastic. That's brilliant. Andrew, thank you so much for your time. And uh, thank you for doing this. Yeah, that's not a problem at all. It's, uh, it's good to talk to you. Andrew Austin there from Oaksey Park Airfield. Sounds like a really cool place. If you fancy visiting, you can check out their website, which is www.oaksyparkairfield.co.uk. So we've just heard from Andrew Austin, who operates Oaksey Park Airfield. And joining us now is John Hunter, who owns an aircraft which is based there. John, hi. Hi. So you have quite an unusual aircraft based at Oaksey Park. What do you have? I have a thing called a Saab 91, which is a, um, a Swedish aeroplane, although mine began its life in the Finnish Air Force. Okay. Um, it, it's four seats um, with uh, retractable gear and a uh, wobbly prop, but essentially designed to be the same thing as a Hitmonk. Okay. Um, so it's a, a military basic trainer and, and general transport aeroplane. Okay. Um, uh, and mine was built in 1962. The design actually goes back to 1945. Uh, and it's a lovely little aeroplane. I'm very fond of it. Brilliant. Does it, does it have a tailwheel? I, I, I thought I knew about most light aircraft, but this is one that's never crossed my path before. I presume it's quite rare. Uh, it is quite rare. There's, um, there was a 430 of them built over a period of 1945 to 1967. Okay. Um, uh, so there were only ever 430-something in, in ever, and there's about uh, less than 100, but more than 70 still flying. Most of them are in Northern Europe. Wow, okay. Um, mine's the only one that flies on the UK registry. Fantastic. Um, uh, no, your other question was, is, is it tailwheel? No, I am dedicated tailwheel, and I'm sorry to admit that it's actually a nose wheel. There's no shame in that. No shame in that. Uh, fantastic. So you're based at Oaksey Park. We spoke to uh, Andrew yesterday. Uh, what are the advantages of operating at, uh, at a farm strip? I suppose it's that uh, the advantages, um, you know, they're very rarely are you going to come upon a time when uh, you can't fly because there's too many other things flying or because you have to wait in a long line. You have to get 80 some mission to fly or whatever yeah, um, you can literally just turn up, do your do proper walk rounds and checks and turn your airplane and fly and that's definitely the biggest single advantage it's a, a huge sense of freedom you get by flying from a farm strip are there any complications operating from a uh, farm strip uh, complications are exactly the flip side of that coin so um we we operate i mean some farm strips have no radio at all we have to actually operate a uh well, there is a radio but very often it's known. Okay. And you're doing, you're doing lines, transmissions, and doing your own air traffic control from inside your head, effectively, listening to what other people are saying that they're doing. So your, your, your collision avoidance is very much down to you looking out the window and being aware of what other people in the sky, if there are any, are doing. And that, that really is, yeah, there's, no, there's no local weather function, there's no, um, so no organisation to support you, to help you. 
Uh, the other disadvantage is if you're like me, yeah, I'm a big traveller, I like going places, and yep. if you want to go abroad from there, then you have to stop somewhere else in order to clear customs. Uh, okay, so, um, so from Oaksy Park, where would that normally be? Well, I'm normally going to France, and because I used to fly from Goodwood, I go to Goodwood. Right, okay, um, on the south coast. Yeah. But lots of people go to Bournemouth. That Anywhere on the sort of south coast between Shoreham and Bournemouth, really, would be the most obvious place to go. But Oaksford is my, is my port of choice because I used to keep my aeroplane there and I know it well. So. Absolutely. Do you find that on a farm trip there's more of a sort of a social atmosphere than maybe a, at a bigger airport? Is, is, that, is that a fair comment or just something that I yeah, suspected? No, that would, yeah, that would be a very fair comment, I think. I was there today. I didn't fly today. Uh, but I was up there today to do some work on my aeroplane. Yeah, there were lots of people there, all standing three meters apart, but all chatting, watching the aeroplanes fly and um, being very social. There's no official club there, yeah, but there's a very friendly social atmosphere whenever you meet people there. Brilliant. Okay, so having having operated from the, the from a strip, you, you would never be tempted to go back to a bigger airport. Uh, not if I could avoid it. No. No. Very good. <laughs> and from from a cost point of view, I presume I presume there's a benefit there as well, is there? It is. It does tend to be cheaper. Certainly, I pay less than I used to pay at Goodwood. Um, and back in the dim and distant past, um, the very first aeroplane, in fact, I owned a share in, was kept at Bristol. Uh, and certainly, it was a lot more. I moved from there to Oaksy Park back in the 90s. Did you? Oh, yeah. And been yeah. I've been to other places since and then come back to Oaksy Park about three years ago. But I used to operate from a farm strip um, near Sandy in Bedfordshire. Okay. Um, uh, called Little Granston. Oh, yeah, I've um, been there. Yeah. yeah, nice little place. Lovely. Um, I used to fly chipmunk out of there, obviously. Is this, uh, the first air- is this the first aircraft you've owned, or you've owned, you've owned aircraft previously to this, have you? I've owned shares in an aeroplane before. I've owned shares in four aeroplanes before, okay. but this is the only one I've ever owned outright. Have you got, have you got a respectable history, or are they... Uh, are they uh... If you're talking about tailwheel, I reckon there's some exciting stuff in there, is there? Uh, well, the very first aeroplane I owned a share in was a thing called the Robin DR221. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. It is vaguely infamous, that particular one, because um, Top Gear destroyed it on television. That seems, uh, seems a shame. Yeah, yes, and then when I first went to Oakley Park in the 90s, I flew a tripacer from there. Nice, yeah. Then, uh, what did I own after that? Oh, then I went. Well, then I went to France. Um, I lived in France for a long time, and I actually just flew club airplanes over there. So I flew DR fifty ones and one seven twos. Then I bought a share in a Chipmunk. Uh, that was the one that was based at um, Little Grandson. Okay. And now I own this one. And now so. you've got the Saab. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, which, I, is, I, which is definitely an interesting airplane. If you want to, um, if you want to know more about it, then I run a website because I'm about to fly around the world in it. Are you really? Um, I am, and I run a website called flyingvisit.org. Okay. Um, and there's a whole history of the aeroplane on there if you want to have a look at it. I should definitely have a look at it because I've never seen one, and I'm trying to get a picture in mind of what it looks like. So how how how, um, how long do you think? It was on the front cover. It was on the front cover of uh, February's Pilot magazine as well. So. And do you know I've got that somewhere? I didn't even notice it. So this round the world trip, what's that about? Well, there's a whole history to that one too. Um, when I first, I, I've been flying for 30 years. Okay. Um, and when I first started flying, people sort of said, why? And I flippantly used to say, I'm going to fly around the world one day. And it just sort of became my tagline. Every time I spoke to somebody about flying, I'm going to fly around the world one day. Uh, and about two and a half years ago, somebody said to me, so what's stopping you? And after a moment of thought, I thought, oh, the, only re- the only reason I haven't done it is because I've decided I haven't done it yet. Um, so I better go and do it. So Amazing. I 
was actually originally going to go this year, but clearly with the, the epidemic, I can't go. Correct. Um, yeah. So now, now it's been postponed until next year. Okay, very good. Well, do you know? Do you know what route you're going to take yet? Uh, yeah, I, it, it changes, but um, fundamentally, the route is um, France, Italy, Greece, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Oman, India, Thailand, Indonesia, Australia, back into Indonesia then South Korea, then Japan, then Russia, across uh, to Alaska. Uh, and because I want to include all of the continents, then all the way down the west coast of the U.S. into South America, then back up into North America. I'm going to go to Oshkosh next year. Incredible. And then fly the, the normal route, so Canada, Greenland, Iceland, yeah, yeah. back to Scotland. Amazing. Um, from Oshkosh. That sounds absolutely um, tremendous. And you're going to do this in your Saab, are you? I'm going to do this in my Saab, yes. Fantastic. Um well, it'll be a real rarity in America because uh, a Saab 91 has never been to America. I'm sure that's true. Yeah, absolutely. What happens with stuff like maintenance? Because, I mean, presumably a trip like that, you're going to need maintenance, scheduled maintenance as well as anything if you go tech. How, how's, how's that going to work? Because it's presumably a G-registered airplane and a, and a rare airplane. It is a G-registered airplane. Um, and I am hoping... So, so there are two plans. One is luck is in my favour and we go back to the maintenance regime that we had before we were in IATA, yeah. which allows pilots fundamentally to do 50 hours and 100 hour checks, but yeah. you need to have an annual done by. So because it'll only be 50 hour and one hour checks on my way around, I can do them all myself. Okay. Um, I am an engineer by training. I'm just uh-huh. a licensed therapist engineer. Okay. So it'll um, help. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it does help. The other way is even under the existing regime, 50 hour checks can be done by the pilot. Okay. And because it's 300 hours worth of flying, the three 100 hour checks, I will have to pay for my same engineer to fly over and do it for me. Yeah, for sure. That sounds um, incredible. I'm hoping, I'm hoping to avoid that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. That sounds absolutely amazing. Well, good luck with that. And uh, yeah, what was the address of the website again? The website is www.flyingvisit.org. Fantastic. Well, we'll all try and follow you on that. Thank you very much for your time. Good luck with the trip. Uh, and I'm definitely going to go check out Oaksy Park. Please do. And by all means, give me a call and ask questions if you've got any. In fact, once you're on the Round the World trip, be nice to speak to you in some interesting places. Oh, yeah. Be delighted to do that as well. Thank you so much indeed for your time. Thank you very much indeed. If you've enjoyed listening to this edition of the Julian Story Aviation podcast, then don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Alexa, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Acast, and all the normal places that you would download your podcasts from. If you have any comments about the podcast or have any great ideas for a podcast guest, drop me an email to podcast at julianstory.co.uk. Finally, now that the recreational flying restrictions have been partially relaxed, I hope that some of you may have been able to get up into the air. If you are one of those lucky ones, fly safe and keep it shiny side up. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 